Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. Today, I want you to listen to something, and then I'm going to start this show. I want to ask you a question. Moms, ladies, even the dads, what if you got up in the morning, went downstairs to get your cup of coffee, and you woke up in this nightmare? What if this was your baby girl who died? I mean, we're not talking about, you know, this cold case. We're talking about this was a little six-year-old baby girl. So what I want you to do is today I want you to listen with an open mind. I've got a young lady on the phone, and I'm going to have her go through and tell her story. And I want you to listen with an open mind. I also want you to do what I was asked to do. I was asked to adopt John Benet Ramsey as my own child until this case is solved. Because if you look at this case as your own child, you know, just like Patsy and John have done, you're going to want this case solved. You're going to want justice for this little girl. Remember, this was a little six-year-old baby. First, I want to say something, though. It was brought to my attention that this case has been compromised not only by media, but by the social media group. There has been obstruction of justice for this murder case. And it seems like this has happened through the social media. Now, the allegations are already starting to be looked at. I can't believe that someone would actually do something like this. But if this turns out to be true, we may see a first for a murder case where somebody who has social media power ends up going to prison over blocking the evidence and blocking the stuff coming out because, well, like they always say, follow the money. So I believe there's something being funneled through, or at least from what I'm being told. Just keep your eye on that. I'm basically going to turn it over and let this young lady tell her story from day one, and it's going to be uninterrupted. And then I'll kind of follow along if I see anything at the end, we'll, we'll come up and deal with that. So, young lady, are you ready Thank to you tell your much. story? Thank you very much for this opportunity. Please, ladies and gentlemen, let me be very clear. What I am going to explain to you and walk you through are nothing but facts. They are not fabrications. They are facts. I will do my best to park my personal feelings on the curb until we get through these facts. And when you, the listeners, investigate 
for yourselves the facts and then contact the authorities in Colorado and use your investigative skills to ask them why had they had not pursued one particular suspect when they didn't hesitate to travel to Thailand for John Mark Carr and that huge circus that cost the public a bundle of money, the short journey to this suspect would have only taken five hours. They refused to do that from day one. Also, I would like you to remember the facts about this suspect have been given to the authorities within the very early stages of the murder investigation of John Bonet. I have been asked repeatedly for years why I've held on to the information, not given it to the authorities. I can prove that they have had the information, chose not to investigate for their own excuses, and that's what they are, excuses, and later on, that will be their judgment on them, not a judgment on me. So please remember, I can prove that the authorities in Boulder, the authorities in Colorado, and all levels of government failed John Bonet. So let us learn about the monster walking among us, because he is a monster, and he's walking among us. When I entered a karate school that my child was in, the morning class, my husband was in the evening class. All was well for months. Everyone got along. The environment was one of learning to protect yourself versus being a bully. That kind of behavior was not tolerated. But one day I walked into this karate school and I saw fear and concern in the eyes of all the other parents. The other thing I noticed, they were hanging on to their children. They did not release them to go and socialize with one another. I felt myself a foreboding. I looked around to see who was the new person that may have brought this negative feeling into this class. It had not existed before. I noticed on the right bleachers, sitting on the very top but closest to the children, was a man. From the back, I can only describe him as what Charles Manson would look like if you looked at him from the rear. Not only was he sitting on the bleacher, leaning forward was the extra body language indicating his strong desire to stay focused on those little ones. They were five, six, and seven-year-old children. I asked the karate instructor who owned this school in Weartown, New Jersey, who is that man? Why is he here? Are any of these children connected in any way to him? The answer was his name is Bill Ramsey, 
R-A-M-S-E-Y. He is here because he's a new member of the adult class, the one with your husband, later this evening. But he thought he would hang around the children's class to get a feel for the new school. This feeling of disasters about to happen did not stop with that one class. It became worse and worse. The feeling was mutual among all the other parents and caregivers of these children. Because of the way Bill Ramsey glared as a fox in a hen house at these children, we finally asked the karate instructor to somehow, someway remove this man from the children's class since none of them were his responsibility and the room was getting crowded. He used that as the opportunity to say to all adults, if you are not a caregiver of the children, you cannot be in the classroom because we have far too many parents. So the extra people not connected to the children are asked to not come in until the adult class hours later. That seemed to work, so we thought. Bill Ramsey no longer could be inside this room or on the bleacher during the children's class, so what he did was very simple. He went outside the door, which had a very large picture window, and he put his nose up against the picture window, the glass, so he can see the children from outside. His intention seemed to be to focus on these children as if he were picking out his next meal. That still irritated the parents to the point that we threatened to remove our children until he was no longer visible to the children. The karate instructor got a bit more aggressive with him and said the outside staring must stop. Vacation came for Christmas in 1996. The school closed down. Just before the school closed down, this man, Bill Ramsey, announced to everyone in the adult karate class that he was going to inherit, his words, inherit one hundred. And $18,000. He told the karate instructor of the Weartown Karate School, I'm going to use some of the money for my delinquent tuition and that of my two friends, Ed and Terry. The three men were in construction. Construction is seasonal. They were out of work. This is Christmas, this is winter, this is cold weather. None of the three men had paid their tuition in a month or two. But the karate instructor, who was also the owner of the school, gave them grace. He felt they would catch up once they returned to work in the construction field in a few months. And he was okay with that. He's a very trusting man. But what happened was, not only did this man, Bill Ramsey, repeat 
that he was going to inherit $118,000 and that he would use it to pay the tuition for himself and his two friends. You know the two friends that are mentioned in the ransom note? My two friends have your daughter. Remember that. But Bill Ramsey also purchased a brand-new pair of high-tech brand footwear. We knew that because he always liked to sit high on the bleacher, and you could not miss the logo at the bottom of the sole. It was a type of feathering, an Indian feathering, with large letters, H-I, capital T-E-C. The men complimented Bill's brand-new footwear and said that they are a smashing-looking boot. The karate instructor suggested at that moment, maybe if you got a brand-new shirt and pants and trimmed your hair a bit, you would be less intimidating to the parents of the children's class. The suggestion was made tongue-in-cheek. A gentle little slip it in while he could and let it rest in this man's spirit that that might be the change that is needed in order for him not to look like a Charles Manson lookalike. That high-tech brand footwear is important because in the dust, the salt that came up from the concrete, which happens over time, is a brand-new print from a brand-new pair of small men's high-tech brand footwear. That's the second link between Bill Ramsey and John Benet. The first is the $118,000 mentioned to everyone in the class prior to Bill ever leaving Weartown, New Jersey, and traveling to Boulder, Colorado to collect his money. The other link is the high-tech brand bootwear. That's link number two. Link number three, my two friends, Ed and Terry. And in the ransom note, my two friends. There's another link, and it's a very important one. Bill Ramsey and his two friends came from a school in Manahawkin. That school was closed down. It was closed down because the instructor owner, his fake name, his assumed name, Tommy Obagi, his true name when he was arrested, was discovered to be Scott Razor. Tommy Obagi, a.k.a. Scott Razor, was molesting the children. When eventually the Ocean County Prosecutor's Office responded to enough requests for this matter to be investigated, they closed down the school in Manahawkin. The students had no place to go. They had to fish for another location. And the instruments that belonged to Scott Razor, a.k.a. Tom Yobagi, that he used, the tools, the weapons, they were made available to some of his students. Tom Yobagi, you must know, 
was a career pedophile. How that information escaped the local police, we never know. Probably the different assumed names would have contributed to them not knowing that they had a pedophile teaching the children in their community. Bravo to them that once they found out, it was dealt with. That man was charged with 53 counts of child molestation. It was reduced to nine so that he would serve time in prison, but the children did not have to relive the trauma of what had happened to them at the hands of this man. But let us remember the pedophile connection. Bill Ramsey was his student. So was Ed Keller and Terry. They were all the three men, three musketeers, the Rat Pack. They were all students of this pedophile. As a matter of fact, Bill Ramsey built a loft above the karate school. And in this loft, for private training of these children, is where the children were being molested. Bill Ramsey was a part of that. And let us go back and remember the criminal profiler for the FBI, the Honorable John Douglas, said, when we find the killer, the murderer of John Benet Ramsey, when we discover this person, we will find out that there is a pedophile connection. And this is a man with many years of experience. We now have Bill Ramsey in this karate school in Weartown. Not only do we have him, we have his two friends. We have the link of the $118,000. We have the link of my two friends. We have the link of high-tech brand hiking boots. We have the link of the prior pedophile instructor and his students, one of which who built the law where the children were molested. But there's another one, and this is most important for sealing the fate of Bill Ramsey and where he originally came from. In the brochure for the karate school, it says that the training for police officers is a separate class of self-defense tactical training to help against attacks from foreign factions. That particular course is only for police officers in Manahawka, New Jersey. But Bill Ramsey was allowed to be a student among the police officers during the training where the brochure states specifically the training will help you against foreign faction attacks. It's a different training than the original classes. And Bill Ramsey is learning mannerisms and techniques from his fellow police officers. This is important because let's go back to FBI criminal profiler John Douglas. In his review of the John Bonet case, one of the other things he determined is not only the murderer of John Bonet going to have a pedophile connection, but he is also very familiar with law enforcement 
their tactics, and their mannerisms. Bill Ramsey is. So now let's move on to Christmas vacation. There was a break-in at the school. Only two things were stolen. A wooden karate training sword that was very ornate, more like a decorative art piece, but quite capable of splitting someone's head open because it was made on a miniature scale like a full-size wooden karate training sword. It was hanging on the wall where Bill Ramsey always sat. His application, and only his application, was removed from the file folder in the drawer of the second karate school in Weartown, New Jersey. This is the one my husband and my son attended. No other applications disappeared, only Bill Ramsey's. So common sense would tell you the person who broke in and took the sword which Bill Ramsey coveted and his own application would have only been Bill Ramsey. That's just common sense. Did I see him do it? No, I did not. I wasn't there. Did he do it? Probably. Common sense would tell you yes. No other person would want his application to the karate school. Let's move on to why. Why? This is important. Why would Bill Ramsey remove his application from that file cabinet before he ever left New Jersey to travel to Boulder, Colorado for the sole purpose of picking up, retrieving his $118,000 inheritance? Why would he remove that application? Because if he has already decided plan B, plan A is I'm going to collect my inheritance for this year, because each year was a different amount, for $118,000. But if I'm not able to collect it because, you know, I'm getting to be a man and I must stand on my own two feet and maybe... My father will say, no, I have to have plan B. Plan B would be a two-and-a-half-page ransom note, and he did not want his signature, his handwriting sample, anywhere else so that it could be compared to that of the ransom note. That, ladies and gentlemen, is premeditated murder. Now he travels to Boulder, Colorado, with the intention of collecting his money. Something went terribly wrong. He did not collect his money. He returned without the funds to pay his delinquent tuition and that of his two friends. He had to shamefully and embarrass himself by telling the karate instructor slash owner of the school in Weartown, school number two, I'm sorry, I can't pay you the money I promised you for myself and my two friends, Ed and Terry. I did not collect the money. When we go back to work, I'll pay you then. He was so filled with rage 
for whatever did or did not happen during his Christmas vacation in 1996, Bill lashed out at my husband. He continued to attack him violently, but this was just sparring, warming up that takes place at the beginning of any class. My husband backed him off. Bill attacked a second time. My husband backed him off again. Bill attacked a third time, and my husband used a palm strike forward, which sent Bill tumbling across the room and land on the opposite end of the wall. Bill got up, shook it, shook it off, looked at everyone. This happened shortly after he returned from Boulder, Colorado, where JonBenet Ramsey was found dead in her basement. Bill, because he was embarrassed by my husband's response, that Bill deserved, by the way. Bill yelled out, don't call me Bill Ramsey anymore. My new name is Larry Roan, R-O-H-N. Do you got it? Larry Roan. If you call me Bill Ramsey, I will not answer you. And he stormed out the door. The next karate class. Some of the individuals in the adult karate class were police officers in the local area. One in particular seemed to be troubled about the name change. The John Bonet murder case was not at this moment in time global. It was confined to Boulder, Colorado, for the most part. So this man said to Billy Boy, because he knew about it. He's in law enforcement. They get information we don't get right away. So he said, Billy boy, are you related to that little girl that was found dead in Boulder, Colorado? He did not use her first name. He did not use her last name. He simply said, Billy boy, are you related to that little girl that was found dead in Colorado? Bill moved to the right and moved to the left and looked all around as if for a place to escape. And then he bellowed out, I don't know, no Johnny B. Johnny B. That was a name no one knew but John and Patsy. That was a term of endearment that only John and Patsy knew and used within the confinement of their home. It was not until John and Patsy Ramsey wrote their book, Death of Innocence, was it mentioned that their term of endearment for their daughter within the home was Johnny B. I have terms of endearment for my children, three of them, for each of my children, that I only use within the privacy of our home. My husband's term of endearment for our children is different than mine for each of our children. How then, ladies and gentlemen, how then, at the very, very early stages of the investigation into John Bonnet's death, 
How did Bill Ramsey know the term of endearment that John and Patsy would use for their daughter within the privacy of their own home? This was in the early first month of the murder investigation into John Benet Ramsey. Because all the dots are starting to fit, multiple people at this time contacted the Boulder authorities and said, you need to look into this guy, Bill Ramsey. He's in Weartown. He traveled to Boulder. He told everyone before he ever left that he was going to collect that year's inheritance of $118,000. When he returned, that same man changed his name and changed his appearance entirely. He had originally a Charles Manson lookalike, long, stringy, greasy hair falling on his shoulders in the sides of his face, full beard and mustache, face all covered except for his eyes and his nose and forehead. And when he returned, he shaved off all his facial hair completely and pulled his hair back so tight in a rubber band that you thought from a distance he was bald if you were looking straight at him. Until he approached and turned around, then you'd see the long hair tied back. That information was given to the Boulder, Colorado Police, the Boulder District Attorney, and the Boulder Governor, as well as the Attorney General for Colorado in the early stages of the murder investigation. And they chose not to pursue it for whatever reason. That information has repeatedly been given to them for the last 24 years, going on 25. When the Colorado governor changed, the new, new governor was given the same information, but all the additional information that was uncovered since. When the district attorneys kept changing, the new district attorneys were given the package about Bill Ramsey. When the police chiefs changed, they were given the same information, their replacements. So the information has been constantly given from multiple states by multiple individuals to the same police who have chosen to investigate Michael Helgoth, to investigate another man who is in prison because his girlfriend said he did it, she was angry with him. That was proven that she was telling a lie. To investigate the gentleman, John Mark Carr, in Thailand, the Three Ring Circus that the public paid for, and so many others. But why then would you not travel a few hours to Weartown, New Jersey, when you knew his different addresses because they have been constantly sent to you as update information, you could have grabbed him easily, and all that would be needed is to check out his DNA, obtain his DNA, or his left palm print. The DNA would have been enough, and you could have easily done that without being detected because he is a chain smoker at that time, Marlboro cigarette butts. Marlboro cigarette butts were discovered, a pile of them, 
because someone had been there for a long time, over at the leg of John Benet Ramsey's swing set in her backyard. That DNA, I have no doubt, and the fingerprints on the butt itself of the cigarettes that is left remaining would have tracked back to Bill Ramsey. Not only that, when Bill Ramsey traveled to Boulder, Colorado, he was driving a black Ford Ranger pickup truck. He took very good care of this older model truck. It was always clean. It was always in the back, empty of debris. I know because he ran me off the road twice with that black Ford Ranger pickup truck, a game called Chicken. It's a very menacing technique for intimidating individuals into backing away from you or being quiet about whatever information you're giving out to the media and to the uh, police, and they don't want you to do that. So they threaten your life. He's done that twice. First time I had two little girls in my car, my daughter and her friend. The second time I had my son and my daughter in my car. Fortunately enough, I had a police officer when I was young teach me self-defense tactical training when you're driving your car, how to avoid accidents. Bill Ramsey, with the license plates from New Jersey of JJW26D as in diamond, Bill Ramsey, in that black Ford Ranger pickup truck, traveled to his vacation spot in 1996. When he returned without the money of $118,000, and he changed his appearance, shaving off all his facial hair, and he repeatedly changed his resident from one to another to another, always ingratiating himself with some person or another to live with them in their house or in their apartment for a short period of time for whatever song and dance he told them, he made himself unavailable to investigators by not having a paper trail. He traveled back to New Jersey, made all of these changes, but I believe he was worried he was seen by someone around John Benet's home because he changed the color of his truck his truck. It was a black Ford Ranger pickup truck. He painted it a blood red. It wasn't in an accident. He simply changed the color of the truck. Now that he's returned without the money, he's gone back to his routine of working at shipyards as a dockhand. That's where you learn very well how to tie ropes. He also, once again, started carving the woods, wooden signs for local businesses. That's the technique and the constant exercise that would strengthen his wrists. Because one of the other things an investigator said, whoever broke both ends 
of the stick that was used to make the garrote around JonBenet's neck was very, very strong. They had strong wrists. In order to snap off two short pieces of this stick or paintbrush handle. Bill Ramsey carving his woodworks, his signs and ornamental pieces. Bill Ramsey would have extremely strong wrists. So that is true. Bill Ramsey would also take his wood carvings, his ornate pieces of Native American chiefs, Native American warriors, or the Indian man, and these very magnificently carved pieces would be on consignment in different shops throughout South Ocean County, New Jersey. Three of these shops were taxidermy shops, and they were quite appropriate. Native American, Indian chief, warriors, medicine man, eagles, and other magnificent animals carved by Bill Ramsey. I tell you, these pieces are exquisite and very pricey. So when the medical examiner for John Benet also determined that unusual fur was found or hair was found on John Benet, whether it was a raccoon or a fox fur, I don't remember, beaver fur, that's where it came from. Bill Ramsey had left some of his pieces in the different taxidermy shops to be sold on consignment. Being in and out of a taxidermy shop, you would attract these furs pieces from the business by the nature that it's everywhere. That would explain how John Bonet had some of these fur pieces from unusual animals that you would not normally have as a pet, like a dog or a cat or even a bird. That explains that clearly. Bill Ramsey had his pieces also in other stores, very nice gift shops along the seashore. If the authorities would simply check Bill Ramsey's left palm print because a palm print was left on the upper door jam where John Bonet was found. I believe Bill Ramsey had to put her over his shoulder, left shoulder, so he had to brace his arm upward so she wouldn't slide off his shoulder. I believe he had to use the right hand to open the door. That's the only explanation for that palm print being in the upper part of the door jamb. It makes sense. Then when he opened the door, he deposited her body on the floor. But he did not attack her in the room she was found. All the other things that this poor child went through had to happen in the room where you have the drop-down window. Because the Honorable, God rest his soul, Detective Lou Smith himself went around to that window and climbed down the window. He saw the scuff mark from a shoe on the concrete wall just under the window. Detective Lou Smith found a footprint on the suitcase 
as if someone was going to place it under the window and try to get up out the window the same way they may have come down. He discovered that there was hair and other fibers from John Bonet in the suitcase. In the suitcase. So someone was contemplating putting her in or did put her in the suitcase, close it up, but did not have the strength to remove her from within the suitcase and the suitcase combined. So she was removed from the suitcase and put into a different room where she was found. And the police had said they tried to open the door and were not able to do so. It's probably because he was holding that door shut because he was still in that room. To confirm that, the neighbor across the street told the police when we had a missing child, I saw someone approach John Ramsey's home as they were leaving to go to the party at the Fleet White's house. But I thought that that was Burke Ramsey from the first marriage. Common sense is they were supposed to gather together for the Christmas holiday. So she just assumed that's who it was. He walked with determination and directly to John and Patsy's house. This man she witnessed. Her explanation to the police as to what he looked like, her description, fits Bill Ramsey. The police are in the home. The police are looking for a missing child. The police return because now we have a dead child. They're in the home, and this same woman, this same neighbor, witnessed the same man running from behind the house, heading in the direction that he had originally come from. She mentioned that to the authorities as well. They did not chase him down to find out who he was and why was he seen running from the Ramsey home. And, oh, by the way, going to the Ramsey home. John removed his dog to the neighbor's house. John turned off the security system. Remember, Bill Ramsey out of his own mouth before he ever left for Boulder, Colorado to collect his money said, I visit my father every Christmas Eve to collect that year's inheritance. So these visits are routine. The inheritance amount is different each year, but that particular moment in time, it was $118,000. His visits are routine. They're always during the Christmas, New Year holiday. He said that to all the people in his adult class or to whomever he was talking to, but they all heard it. Bill Ramsey returned. Bill Ramsey painted his car, changed his appearance. He and I still had run-ins. We moved to a new house, and we still had run-ins. Marlboro cigarette butts his were all over my property. There's at least 20 police reports, if not 30, about this man. Two or three of them go like this. He cut the tongue off a squirrel and left it halfway up my driveway with the tongue directly in front of the mouth 
so you couldn't miss the fact that the squirrel tongue was in front of his face, but there was maybe half an inch separation. There's a police report for that. Lacey Township Police Department in Forked River, New Jersey. There's another police report within a few more days exactly like that. New squirrel missing his tongue. It's in front of him. There was a meeting at the Ocean County Prosecutor's Office. I was asked to give information. Everything that I knew about Bill Ramsey that would help them understand the link and connection to Bill Ramsey. That meeting took place for three hours. During those three hours, there were two men from the Sheriff's Department Prosecutor's Office, and there were two men from the Police Department in Tom's River. They were investigators. One of them was a criminal expert, criminal profiler and homicide expert. I spoke for three hours, just like I'm doing right now. I told them everything. No one knew about that meeting. No one but those four men and myself and their supervisors. The prosecutor and the police chief from Tom's River. Those are the supervisors. And yet, the very next morning, at the front of my door to my house was a dead rat. It had been killed. It had been laid out ever so neatly that as soon as you opened the door and stepped down one step, you would step on the dead rat. I would have to tell you that based on all of this information, someone's pretty scared about information I've been giving out as well as other people about Bill Ramsey. And they're doing their very best to shut me up as well as other people. They've been intimidated. They've been run out of New Jersey. This dead rat, when I brought it to the police department for yet another report of an intimidation tactic, the police officers in Lacey Township thought it was funny. The three that were there, the dispatcher and the other two that showed up to take the report, said, oh, it's not a dead rat, it's a muskrat. Oh, it's a squirrel. It's a chipmunk. No, it's a dead rat. Since I realized I was talking to fools, I took the rat, put it back in the bag, brought it to the prosecutor's office, went and saw the one who was an expert, Tom, and I showed him the rat, and I said, let me ask you a question. First of all, what is this? And he said, it's a dead rat. I said, oh, you don't think it's a muskrat, a chipmunk, a squirrel? He said, no. Anybody would have to be an idiot not to recognize it's a dead rat. It is a full-grown dead rat. Someone's sending you a message, Melinda, because asked, he asked me, where did I find it? I said, at my front door. I said, now let me ask you a question. How did anyone know, besides the four men in this three-hour meeting and their supervisors, how did anybody else know about this meeting to the point that they felt that they needed to shut me up yet again with the dead rat? He said, well, that's a clear message. They want you to be quiet. I said, all right, that being said, he said, did you take any pictures of the dead rat where it was found? I did. Took many of them. Polaroid Instamatic. He said, may I see them? I showed him the pictures, and he said, well, let me tell you something. Your dead rat doesn't smoke Marlboro cigarette butts. I said, what are you talking about? He saw something I did not see. In the pictures, he saw the butt 
laying to the side of the step where the rat was found. He also saw the wrapping with the tax stamp included for the little foil wrapping for a brand-new pack. You pull that off and dispose of it. He saw that. I didn't see that. He said, uh, your depositor of the rat smokes Marlboro cigarette butts, and according to some of these other pictures, was in front of your property for some time because there's a pile of them under the three trees in front of your house at the bench area. I didn't see that either. But I'll tell you what else that man saw when I visited him on a different occasion. I brought with me a second application to the karate school by Bill Ramsey. And I'll explain that in a minute why there end up being two. When I showed him the application to the karate school, a copy of it for Bill Ramsey, and I showed him a copy of the two and one half page ransom note, that expert, that homicide expert said, the author of both documents is the same person. And I asked him, how did he know that? And he said, I've been doing this for many, many, many years. And I can tell you, never had I seen an unusual letter such as I see present in both documents. I myself didn't, didn't understand what he was saying. So I asked again, I don't know what you're saying. I don't understand. I'm just a common folk. What are you talking about? He said, there's a letter P with a slash across it, upper right, down left. It's in the two-and-a-half-page ransom note, and it's in the application to the karate school. When something so unique and unusual is in both documents, the author of both documents is the same. Later on, I discovered that Bill Ramsey ends his signature with a hangman's noose. That same hangman's noose is a part of the signature of the creator of these wood carvings. I have one of them. Turn it over and you will see W-I-L-L ending with a hangman's noose. The same that is in Bill Ramsey's application to the karate school. He bragged about that hangman's noose. He bragged about that to the karate instructor in Weartown, New Jersey. Oh, look at my signature. Look at it. I end it with a hangman's noose. <laughs> no one found that funny, but he did. It goes to this man's state of mind and what he's capable of. This man, Bill Ramsey, changed the color of his car, changed his appearance, goes from residence to residence to residence. This man, who's quite capable of running myself off the road multiple times with my children in my car, who said I was going to collect $118,000 for myself and my two friends, who returned without that money. Now you have the similarity in unique items in the application to the karate school and the two-and-a-half-page ransom note. But how come there's two applications to the karate school? Remember, one was stolen because 
the karate owner was at a park with other karate schools. The children were working out soliciting business to increase the number of students in the school. Bill Ramsey attended that park. Bill Ramsey filled out an application. It was put in the karate school owner's attache case and put away for years. Because later on, Bill Ramsey showed up at the school and the karate instructor said, I need an application, fill it out. Well, I gave you one at the park. Well, right now I don't know where it is. Here, it'll only take a moment. Fill out this one. Bill did. So Bill forgot about the first one, the one that was filled out at the park, and the owner of the karate school forgot where it was, and it stayed safe in that attache case for many, 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 many years. When the owner of the school relocated to another state, that is when it was discovered. And the copies were made available to law enforcement, and I was able to get a copy for myself. So when you have the application to the karate school with this P, and it has a slash across it, and the ransom note has the same P, where did that idea of using a P in such a way come from? There is a VHS cover, a jacket cover for a VHS film titled Seven Deadly Sins. Google it. Look it up. The sins are listed above one another. And the middle letter of each sin is slashed. Criminal profiler John Douglas said that not only will we, when we find the murderer, find a pedophile connection and that he has a reason to have very strong risks, but he has plenty of time to watch a lot of old movies, which is where some of the phrases in the ransom note came from. That was stated by criminal profiler with the FBI, Mr. John Douglas. Not by myself, but by a professional. And all of the things that I have just explained to you are coming to light. Other horrible things happened by this monster. When he returned, his girlfriend, Jennifer Martin, his girlfriend, was seen by a friend of mine, and she was seen with beat marks on her upper body, and she was seen with cigarette burns in her flesh. Bill Ramsey used her as a human ashtray. Bill Ramsey used her as a punching bag. She was later found dead. The authority in Ocean County, New Jersey, determined she had a seizure. She died from a seizure. I guess they didn't see the cigarette burns or the beat marks. That probably didn't kill her, but certainly it's an indication that they need to be looking at someone very close to her as to someone who may have contributed to the seizure, and therefore this is not an accidental death or a health issue, but murder. Not only do we need to look at Jennifer Martin and what horrible things that were done to her and the horrible things that were done to John Bonet, but let's go back to what Bill Ramsey did to me. 
on multiple occasions, run me off the road by playing the game called chicken. With children in my car, by the way. Elizabeth Ramsey was involved in a car accident in Cook County, Illinois, during the Christmas New Year holiday a few years before her sister. And Elizabeth Ramsey died. The boyfriend that was with her died. There were no witnesses. It was an accident report resulting in the death of the driver and the passenger. Period. That was all it was, something simple. Well, what happened later is because it came to light that it was during the Christmas New Year holiday and very close to that, I don't believe in coincidences. I research things when I smell a rat. So I asked the question of the authorities, do you not see that Elizabeth Ramsey died a few years prior to her sister and it was a suspicious death? There were no witnesses. If Bill Ramsey had anything to do with it, it is his habit to run people off the road by playing the game called chicken. Is it possible that Bill Ramsey ran his sister off the road by playing the game called chicken? Is it possible? And then later, John Bonet was murdered in the basement in such a cruel and sadistic way. Is it possible? Well, I guess it might be because the Boulder, Colorado authorities traveled to Cook County, Illinois, and sealed Elizabeth Ramsey's accident report. If they did not see a connection, why did they go there to seal her accident report? Therefore, forever linking it to two dead children that are John Ramsey's, one from the first marriage, one from the second marriage. I don't believe in coincidences, and I don't believe the listeners will see this as anything but something that should be looked into. So now we have Elizabeth Ramsey, who is dead. She died first. John Bonet, second. Jennifer, third. Bill Ramsey's girlfriend. Let's go and talk about Michael Helgoth. Michael Helgoth said to his friend, a different friend, that he was expecting to collect some money, a sizable amount of money, by helping someone out. The person he was going to help out was going to receive the lion's share of the money. But he was going to receive enough to get his own place and get some things done that he wanted to. He was found dead in his apartment. It was made to look like it was staged to look like a suicide. In the apartment was a stun gun. In the apartment was a pair of high-tech brand footwear, just tossed clearly visible for anyone who opened that door to have to actually trip over it. So it was made a part of the investigation. Michael Helgoff killed John Bonet. We found the stun gun. We found high-tech brand hiking boots. He killed himself. No, he didn't kill himself. They discovered that later after the autopsy report, and they learned some things about this man being left-handed. 
It did not kill himself. It was staged. Someone wanted to end the investigation into John Bonet's death and stop it right there. And there have been plenty of other someones along the road these past many years. But the information about Bill Ramsey constantly flows to the Boulder police, the prosecutor's office, the attorney general, the governor, the police chief, the media in Boulder, Colorado. It is constantly updated. The last known address for Bill Ramsey was given to me as 63 Everett Street, 63 Everett Street. Please don't forget that number 63 because the next broadcast on Real Cuff will explain how important that number is. Bill Ramsey. Hey, so Go ahead. Melinda. All right, I want to bring up a couple of things. Um, you mentioned the stun gun. Can you tell them how at the first karate school they had to go and collect their stuff? Yes, I mentioned it briefly, but I did not tell what was collected. When the first karate school was closed down in Manahawkin, New Jersey, because that owner was a pedophile molesting 53 children that they know of, he went to prison. He's still in prison. The property that was in that school swords, stun guns, and whatever else, that was given to the authorities, the Manahawkin police, to disperse, dispose of. They contacted some of the students, Bill Ramsey and his friends, and said, come and collect what you want. We have no use for this stuff. Remember, it is the Manahawkin police that attended police tactical training against foreign factions with Bill Ramsey. He was a part of that class, even though he wasn't a police officer. By the way, it has been discovered over the last couple of years, high-tech brand footwear is worn, normally speaking, by police officers. This is the rest of that full circle of his association with police officers on a regular basis. What was taken by Bill Ramsey and his friends were the stun guns. There were extra stun guns there. But Bill Ramsey had one of his own because when he went to the second karate school and he made the mistake of bringing in his little toy, the stun gun, which is not a toy, it's a very dangerous weapon, the owner of the second karate school in Weartown was offended and irritated at Bill. We do not use weapons in this school. We do not inflict harm we learn to protect ourselves and others, but we don't use weapons. Why did you bring that stun gun into this class, into my school? And Bill Ramsey thought that question was rather funny. So as he's laughing, he explained that it's his stun gun, and he used it on his friend's Doberman Pinscher. And when the karate instructor asked him why would he do such a thing, which was cruel, the answer was, because I wanted to see how many strikes it would take to put down that Doberman. It took three. The karate instructor snapped back at him 
that that dog will not forget what you did to him. If you ever turn your back on the dog, the dog will treat you kindly, not. The friend he was talking about was Scott Razor, a.k.a. Tommy Obagi. Whether that man knew it or not, Bill Ramsey, his student and his friend, used that poor dog as a test for how many strikes with a stun gun would be needed to take that dog down. Three. So now Bill Ramsey does not have one stun gun. He has extra stun guns. He has... That also shows a a very sick individual that would even do that to an animal. You know, I mean, I know that we got a lot of pet listeners, a lot of animal lovers, and would you want somebody to do that to your animal? And and so this karate instructor allowed him to do it, which even says, you know, of course this guy's already in prison, but that's pretty sick. Yes, but it goes to what you have already pointed out the mentality of Bill Ramsey, because Bill Ramsey used his girlfriend as a punching bag, and Bill Ramsey put his cigarettes, his Marlboro cigarette butts out on her body, on her chest, on her arms, as if she were a human ashtray. This is a time to tell you that when I met Bill Ramsey, while he was using the name Bill Ramsey, it was clear that he had a drug problem, and he had a drinking problem. When he returned and he tried to clean up his act, eventually, he attended these groups that are anonymous. You cannot give your names. You give a first name, whether it's real or not. You give a first name. One of the groups that he attended, and this is very important as well, judges, police officers, and the, the like, People in law enforcement would attend this group because they had problems. They saw the worst of humanity. But in this group that Bill was a part of, they were telling their secrets. They were telling what they did, how they behaved, how they responded to situations that led them to drinking or led them to drugs. This is a group of judges and police officers and others in law enforcement. And Bill is in that group, and Bill is hearing their stories, do you really think later on down the road any one of those men or women in law enforcement or on the bench are going to prosecute him when he knows all their secrets? Not in Ocean County, New Jersey, I can tell you. But what happened later is someone realized that there was a snake in that garden where these people are trying to get healed, trying to get better. And she took a copy of his Ocean County Police, New Jersey, mugshot to the person who ran that group, and she showed it to him. And he said, I'm not even supposed to see that, but I'm seeing it, so now I have to do something about it. He can no longer come into this group, but he'd been there long enough to learn all their secrets. So he was asked never to show up again. But he already knows all their secrets, and they're in law enforcement, they're on the judge, they're the bench. So they will not prosecute him. They will not look into him and the John Bonet connection. Clearly why? He knows their secrets. Bill Ramsey bragged one time about making it his business to find out other people's secrets for the purpose of manipulating them and controlling them. 
that leads me to believe that John Ramsey paid him every single Christmas Eve, New Year holiday, according to Bill, to keep him away from the family because he was the black sheep. Bill referred to himself as the black sheep of the family, that he would collect his inheritance every Christmas Eve and then stay away for a year. Blackmail money comes to mind. Why would John pay any amount to right now a 28-year-old, 29-year-old? Why would he? Did Bill Ramsey have a secret on him? I don't know. I certainly would not be supporting an adult child. I have three children. Once they become 18, they're working and they're supporting themselves. So why would John be compelled to keep paying Bill every Christmas Eve? Let's talk about those visits every Christmas Eve. The autopsy report by multiple individuals at different times determined John Binet had been sexually molested over a period of time because there were old scarrings at different stages. Everybody said, thought John did it. If John didn't do it, his son from the prior marriage did it, Andrew. Andrew didn't do it. Or maybe, maybe Burke, a nine-year-old little boy. No, he didn't do it either. But what about the man who said, out of his own mouth, that he visits his father every Christmas Eve for a large sum of money, and then he will stay away for another year until he repeats the process the next Christmas Eve, New Year holiday? She started visiting the doctors about three years before. 33 times she visited for bladder infections, and so something was definitely going on. Absolutely, absolutely. But if you are looking at the father, John, and you're looking at his sons, Andrew and Burke, you're barking off the wrong tree. Nobody wants to look at the person who visits every Christmas Eve, and he said that himself. Why would John Ramsey, the father, remove the dog across the street the night before if he wasn't expecting someone to be in the house that the dogs don't like or that dog didn't like? I have three dogs, and there is one individual that none of them like. So I have to cage my three dogs, put them in the garage, or put them outside when that one person comes to my home. And I already know that. So I would have to assume that that's the only reason John put his dog over the night before he was expecting company. Let's take it one step further. I have an alarm system. When my family comes and goes, no matter which family member, that alarm system is always on because of Bill Ramsey showing up at my house on regular occasions over the many years. I never know when that's going to happen. I don't trust him. I know what he's capable of. So the rule in this house, you leave if it's five minutes going to a local store two blocks away and coming back, you put that alarm system on. Why did John turn his alarm system off and remove the dog? Because someone was going to be there that night, and John was not going to cooperate, and John maybe at that point in time needed to tell him that. But at some point, Bill Ramsey realized, I'm not going to get my $118,000. And at that point, he snapped, and all hell broke loose. But who was the recipient of his rage, not John, his baby, the youngest child. If you want to hurt a parent, touch their children and see what happens. He didn't touch her. He killed her. 
And when they find his DNA, when they look for his cigarette butts, when they test the bottle that he might dis- discard, they're going to find it matches up in John Bonet's history, case history. We have, though, a problem which will say to me this will never happen unless the listening audience supports us in our efforts for justice for John Bonet because they will not do not do not want to look at Bill Ramsey. They do not. They do not want to search out his DNA. They do not want to look at his different addresses and talk to the neighbors here in New Jersey. Why don't they want to do that? That's a very good question because it can be easily proven, and I do mean easily proven, multiple individuals gave Bill Ramsey's information to the authorities from day one and have continued to do so repeatedly over the years. So how do you think the taxpaying public in Colorado are going to feel when they foot that bill on a regular basis for the investigation into the murder of this child, which globally speaking, everyone wants to know what happened and who done it, kind of like uh, Jack the Ripper. And it is determined that the police had that information in the early stages of the investigation. I will tell you what I have learned. I have learned from an expert that those police officers, all of them, are culpable in the murder of John Bonet because they failed to follow up a lead that started with a man named Ramsey who changed his name, changed his appearance, changed the color of his vehicle, constantly relocates, and had a history of torturing his girlfriend and the connection, the possible connection to Elizabeth Ramsey, John Bonet Ramsey, and Michael Helgoff. And you don't want to look at this man, but you went to Thailand to look at John Mark Carr, really? You have some you have some people, the public, who foot that bill. They want your jobs, they want your pensions, they want you in jail for not doing your job. That's why they're not going to look at Bill Ramsey. And if you don't think that is true, Dr. Henry Lee is the most respected, globally speaking, homicide expert in his field, scientist in his field in Connecticut, who offered his laboratory, offered his services for free to the Boulder, Colorado authorities. He said, I will, I will reevaluate all the evidence searching for who murdered John Bonet, and I will give you the results. I won't keep it for myself. I will give you the results to move toward the person who murdered John Bonet. And they said no. The American Investigative Society of Cold Cases, Dr. Henry Lee is affiliated with them. They know about Bill Ramsey. And everyone is offering their services because Lieutenant Joe Kenda from Colorado, I believe Colorado Springs, Colorado, Everyone knows of the homicide hunter. He has had years and years and years of experience capturing murderers. He offered his services. He's right there in Colorado Springs. He has a show featuring all of his homicide cases. He is a very successful man in hunting down murderers. And they said no. Why would you say no to American Investigative Society cold case individuals who all work together? and it's a nonprofit organization, why would you say no to them? What are you hiding? And that was my question 
When I go to someone and I ask for help and they tell me no, and I repeatedly ask them for help and they tell me no, I start looking at them. So when I contacted the FBI and asked the magic question, what would cause the authority in Boulder, Colorado, not to do their job, what came up was a very short sentence. There is a major link that has been going on for decades between pedophile rings in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, and pedophile rings in Boulder, Colorado, and law enforcement doesn't do a thing about it. Once again, we're back at the pedophile connection, aren't we? We've now gone full circle. I think I have told you all that I know. I have one question I want to clarify. You said that the next-door neighbor saw somebody coming in the evening before and then right as the police were arriving on the scene out the back door that looked like the previous marriage son, the first marriage. Mm -hmm. But you said the name Burke. Was that Burke that that neighbor said or Andrew? Um, I'll be very clear on that. Thank you. Thank you very much for helping me with that. The neighbor assumed, she assumed that it was Andrew from the prior marriage, the first marriage, because she knew that they were all gathering over the holiday. But she had seen John and Patsy leave and head in the opposite direction that Bill Ramsey was coming from, and the two children, Burke and John Bonet, were in the car with mother and father to go to Fleet White's house for the celebration. The two families were very, very close at that point in time. So as they're leaving, it's almost as though Bill was hiding somewhere and waiting for them to leave so that the entire family didn't see him because as they left and they're driving away, that is when the neighbors saw, because she's still looking, saying goodbye. The car's pulling away. She has the dog. The neighbor saw to the left of her, because they're going to the right, the neighbor saw this man walking with a very definite pace to the Ramsey home and then to the left and back. She saw that man enter the property of the Ramseys. And she said she thought it was Andrew from the prior marriage. It was not Burke. Burke was in the car with Mom and Dad and John Bonet. So maybe it was Andrew from the first marriage. But what I did is I sent, when I heard that, I sent a copy of the police mugshot of Bill Ramsey in Ocean County, New Jersey, that's where it was taken, to the authorities in Boulder, Colorado, and I asked them to please give this woman, the neighbor, a copy, show her. See if this person's face, was who she may have seen, if she was able to get a side view of who was approaching. He is 5 feet 6, soaking wet. He's 130 pounds, give or take a pound. He's a small-framed man, as they are in the Philippines. Speaking of which, in the Philippines, during the class, Bill, especially the early days, Bill Ramsey talked about being raised in the area of Subic Bay Training Center in the Philippines. That would explain his very small, thin stature. He explained that he would play in huge holes in the ground because they used 
the outskirt area of the training center for testing. In his explanation of what his childhood life was like when he was a child, we remembered that. And the ransom note ended with Subic Bay Training Center, SBTC. The weird concoctions that came out of a certain group as to what SBTC meant and the word victory was ridiculous. One individual from this group contacted John because I kept pushing that envelope and said to John Ramsey, were you ever in the service? Yes. Were you ever stationed at Subic Bay Training Center in the Philippines? And he did not answer. So the person asked the question a second time. Were you ever stationed at Subic Bay Training Center, SBTC, in the Philippines? And John snapped back at him and said, yes, but it wasn't called that at the time. Yes, it was. I have a friend of mine. Her husband's in the Navy over 30 years now. He was stationed at Subic Bay Training Center when it was called Subic Bay Training Center. Over the years, they've removed the sign, but it's a part of their archive. And he had pictures in front of the sign where it was called Subic Bay Training Center. So why would anyone lie about the name of the place where they were stationed at? Why would you tell that simple lie? The next lie came from, or not lie, but let's just say deception, came from the same person saying, oh, by the way, the Bibles, the two Bibles that were open to Psalms 118, 27, his DNA, the murderer's DNA and fingerprints might be in the Bible because it's very difficult at best to turn those pages. They're onion skin paper, especially the better Bibles. I know I have several of them. Where are those Bibles? And John said, well, they're around, they're around here someplace. I'll get them. Because the person offered to test them for skin samples of the murderer and fingerprints. He was sure there'd be fingerprints. But that person didn't trust John 100%, so apparently had someone keeping an eye on John. That same day, John ordered two brand-new Bibles. Why would he do that? Because he never intended on giving the first two Bibles, which would have skin sample and oils from the fingers from turning the pages, never intended of giving them. The next question was asked, where is the mattress that was in the spare bedroom next to John Bonet's bedroom? Because the apron to the mattress, the dust apron, was flipped up on one corner. Either someone was hiding under that bed during the late hours throughout the night while the children were sleeping and mother and father were sleeping, or something that that person owned was hidden there, like a backpack. Maybe that's what was under there. But something was under there because the authorities in the pictures noticed the dust curtain was flipped up. So the hey, so I got was, a couple of things. Please. Okay, go ahead. No, finish your thing. Okay, so the question must be asked and was asked, where is that mattress? Where's that bed? I don't know. It's long gone. Okay, so now we can't check it for somebody's hair that might have been caught on the box spring underneath. We can't check it for DNA, for fingerprints. It's gone. The Bibles are gone. Now go with your questions, please, sir. 
Okay, so Lou Smith, you know, made a list of everybody he thought, you know, over the years uh, may have done it. So I contacted his daughter, Cindy, and this was by email, basically. But So Cindy wrote back, and she said, yes, Bill Ramsey is on the list, but all the Ramseys were cleared. And we didn't see familiar DNA at the crime scene, which means even though Bill Ramsey thought that was his dad, and John obviously had to think Bill Ramsey was his son, they may not have had any real connection. Exactly. And I'll tell you about something similar. To help the people understand, this man must be looked into. I know a person that was contacted many years later, many, many, many years later, and it was said to this person by the government in Nebraska, we have three little girls, we have one mother, we need to find who's the father of these three little girls. They must take responsibility of each their own child because the mother refuses to take care of them and is handing them over to the government in Nebraska. So the one person was asked to take a DNA test to see if any one of the little girls was his. Seven men were being hunted down, and they were being asked, but let me tell you something, the government was serious. You will give us your DNA. We will ask, but then we'll take, because someone is going to be responsible for these three little girls. Now, what did that mother say to each of these three little girls? They were born one year after the other, three years in a row, three little girls. What did the mother say to these three little girls as to who their father was? Anybody's guess. Anybody's guess. She could have said one man was the father of all three. They were very young. What would they know? She could have said, well, your father is this one, your father is this one, your father is that one. No mother's going to do that. So what they normally would do is say, this man is the father of all three little girls. Now the government's going to sort it out. When that one man, who is the father of the first little girl, gladly gave his DNA, gladly. And they said, yes, you are the father of the first one, but not the second and not the third. He said, let me have all three. I will raise all three. And they said, no, and if you think of pursuing raising all three, we will let the other two disappear from your um, knowledge as to where they're at, but we will also take yours as well, and she will disappear into the system. So let us just ask you to be happy with taking on your daughter and only your daughter. He argued that he felt it was wrong to separate the three children. And yet he was told again, if you pursue this, we will then let your daughter disappear into the system. So just shut up and take what you get. He raised his one daughter. That daughter never said who was the father of the other two. The authority found out that each of the children were fathered by a different man. So when... A mother is faced with raising children. She herself may not know who the father is if, in fact, she happens to be a lady of the evening. And I do not discredit her on any way, shape, or form because, but for the grace of God, there go I. What happened in her life that she stuck at Subic Bay Training Center and a lady of the evening? And I know, sir, you did some research about those poor young girls. Would you please tell us what you discovered? Well, unfortunately, in the Philippines alone, 
there's over half a million children that were born to these soldiers that have never been, never found their fathers or, you know, now, now because some of the fathers are starting to feel guilty, they're going back and trying to locate and, you know, trying to help as much as they can. But yeah, it's a crazy situation. Um, I know we've gone kind of long here, but I want to ask one more question before we kind of wrap this up. And I'd like the to ask dri- a question after that. Thank you. The, the driver's license copy that you got, would you tell us how you got that? First of all, the police mugshot of Bill Ramsey, 5 feet 6, 130 pounds, brown hair, blue eyes, thin in stature, came from the Ocean County Prosecutor's Office in New Jersey for assault. I believe he assaulted his girlfriend. She later dropped the charges because if he's in prison, he's going to take care of her and her drug habit. That was delivered in my mailbox. I have no idea who sent it to me, delivered it in person, but they were trying to help me help John Benet. The second one, the driver's license from North Carolina, that is the same man. That is not Bill Ramsey, the name he should have used. That's his alias. It's not his second alias. It's his third alias, William Lawrence Roan, R-O-H-N, still called Bill. The name Lawrence on this driver's license is Bill Ramsey poking, and don't think for a second that this is not correct, poking at the police, making fun of them, because Lawrence was taken from the book Lawrence Schiller, the author, Perfect Murder, Perfect Town, about JonBenet's story. So Bill's having a ball by using the name Bill Lawrence Roan. His driver's license, a copy of it, came from his employer in North Carolina who handed Bill his W-2 form. Bill is a subcontractor. His employer was a contractor. When he handed the W-2 form to Bill, out of the corner of his eye, he saw Bill scrunch it up and throw it in the garbage. He was worried that that would cause him to be audited because his subcontractor is not filing taxes. So he turned around and he said to him, Hey, Billy, why did you throw that out? You have to file your taxes. If you don't file your taxes, I may be audited because you don't file your taxes. I'm listing you as a subcontractor. You have to file your taxes. Bill's response was, I haven't filed my taxes in over 20 years. Because of that comment, now this man is extremely worried that he is going to be audited. He looked up the name Bill Lawrence Roan. He found information on Bill Ramsey. He looked at the picture of Bill Ramsey and realized that same man, Bill Ramsey, is his Larry Roan. Bill Lawrence Roan, Larry Roan. So how come you have multiple names? What's going on here? Well, he started doing more research into Bill Ramsey and found that Bill Ramsey's girlfriend was found dead. And he thought it was odd that while he's using a different name, he referred to Jennifer Martin not as his girlfriend as he did when he was using the name Bill Ramsey, but there he talked about her as his wife, 
who died. Jennifer Martin, my wife, who died. Jennifer. He also talked about Ed and Terry, my two friends. I miss my two friends. We did this. We did that. The same two friends that he talked about when he was using the name Bill Ramsey in Ocean County, New Jersey, the characters remain the same. It's Bill Ramsey's name who keeps changing. And that man communicated with me and said, is this your Bill Ramsey? He sent me a copy of the driver's license. The driver's license is very important in North Carolina because he then informed me that Bill Ramsey had been arrested for aggressive driving, another time for not having, not presenting a driver's license. He was also arrested in Florida. Under what name, I'm not sure. I'm guessing Larry Roan. In any case, you have arrest records of Bill Ramsey in Ocean County, New Jersey. You have an arrest record of Larry Roan or Bill Lawrence Roan in Florida. You have an arrest record of William Lawrence Roan in North Carolina. How hard would it be for investigators from Boulder or, or this would be better yet, the retired FBI agent Robert Clark because he took the time to look at the first four series and communicate with the suspects from the first three series, get their DNA, confirm their alibi, and clear them. One he had troubles with because Michael Helgoff was dead. Through relative, he was able to secure the DNA. Michael did not kill John Bonet. It was not his DNA. The other three men in the first three series did not. So he confirmed that. Now all he has to do is continue on with the list of Detective Lou Smith, and guess whose name is on that list as far as a potential suspect? Bill Ramsey. They have now a very, very experienced homicide expert, now deceased. Bill Ramsey's on his list. Why wouldn't you follow this man's wisdom and eliminate this man? The only one that I think who has the power to do so is this retired FBI agent, Robert Clark. Since he's taken care of the first four series, the next is to move down that list. Bill Ramsey's on the list. And through his ties to the FBI, he can use facial recognition from the driver's license, and it's a CDL driver's license, a commercial driver's license for Bill Ramsey. It's only a, two years old. Use that portrait, that picture, and facial recognition from the FBI, and you'll find this man very easily. Post his face everywhere, because John Bonet's story is everywhere. Her face is everywhere. Combine it with this man, and the public will find Bill Ramsey, a.k.a. Larry Roan, R-O-H-N, a.k.a. William Lawrence Roan, and he also uses the name Johnson. The public will do the work for Mr. Robert Clark. Now, one thing on the driver's license, it says he was born in 1958. But remember on the application, under age, he says, I'll never tell. So I, you can't believe any of that information, you know, no, because but- uh, somewhere he stole someone's identity. So there may be someone else who is deceased that 
when we start looking into all this. The other thing to remember about what you just said, for money, when he ran out of money at the end of the year, everything that he did to create money for himself was cash. He made the wooden signs for businesses, simple wooden signs carved for businesses. across. He has an album, and it's across the globe where he travels, and he made signs. And there are signs from, by the way, Colorado in this album. But he also, he also made signs and banners for businesses for when they had special events then he would make large signs and banners, smaller ones, based on the township's rules and regulations. This man is an artist who knows how to create signs and banners for the different public situations. This man can easily create a different identity and apparently has been very successful for 25 years doing this because of his different skills creating signs and banners, creating wood signs for businesses, also the art carvings. This man is a talented artist. You think he can't make documents that are forged? His copying machines are able to do that. So creating different identifications and having no problems slipping through the law has not been a problem for him at all. One of the things he was very proud of saying, and it just kind of popped in my head, is that he's a survivalist. Do you know what a survivalist is? That's someone who can live in the, the woods or the jungle and live off the land, and you would not know they were standing right next to you. You would not know. I think we had another question. Go ahead. Yes. I uh, was just curious that vocabulary-wise, I have never had the word foreign faction come across, you know, in a, as a topic or something. But is it true that that was on the Ramson note? Foreign that fashion was definitely, yes, it was definitely featured on the Ransom note. And not only that, I'm glad you brought that up. Fox 5 or Fox Channel did receive the very information that you are making available to all your listeners. And two things caught their eye, only two things they locked in on, the $118,000 amount mentioned in the ransom note, which Bill Ramsey mentioned prior to him ever leaving New Jersey, prior to JonBenet ever being murdered, tortured, and then murdered. That amount was so odd that Fox Channel people, investigators, they locked in on that, but they locked in on only one other thing, foreign faction, and the fact that those two words, they Googled those two words, and together those two words did not come up on any of their search engines. Yet, those same two words together are in the brochure for police tactical training against foreign faction attacks for the first karate school, which Bill Ramsey had because Bill Ramsey attended that school, and Bill Ramsey built the loft above the school where the children were being molested by the karate instructor. And we can go full circle and say that John Douglas, criminal profiler for the FBI, said, when we find the murder of John Benet, we will find a pedophile link, we will find that somehow this man had knowledge of police, 
and their mannerism and their training, their tactical training. And he went on to say, this man has an awful lot of free time because he was in the habit of watching old movies because of the statements that were found, the phrases that were found in the two-and-one-half-page ransom note. Going back, foreign faction was in the ransom note. Foreign faction was in the brochure for the first karate school that Bill Ramsey attended. You know, another thing in the ransom note was, if you talk to a stray dog, we're going to kill your daughter. And stray dog is used for somebody who just, shows up at your house and eats all your food and takes your money. And I thought, is that a jab at John? Because John called him that or something? It would be interesting to find out. It certainly fits with how Bill Ramsey behaved in reference to his visit to John. He showed up. He ate their food. He took their money. He disappeared for another year. The pineapple. When you just when you just mentioned food, and how the autopsy report said pineapple, but Patsy Ramsey said that she was asleep when they put her to bed, and they gave her no pineapple. Not only the pineapple, but sitting next to the pineapple in the autopsy in the uh, forensic photos is a glass of hot tea so what's the two big links there with the philippines because i've never been to a filipino party where they hadn't had some sort of pineapple and always drinking hot tea well i know they have a pineapple plant in the philippines because of the missionary lady who went to the philippines they have several actually but yeah the dole plant and Mm -hmm. okay so Tell us now how, what are, what are these people listening, if they see this guy, if whatever information, how do they get in touch with you, and how do they forward on the information? Actually, they don't need to communicate with me at all. All they need to do, I'll give them a way to do that. All they have to do to find out the A to Z of what we just talked about is to go on my website, John Benet's truecasehistory.net. But if they see Bill Ramsey, they'll go there and they'll see what he looks like, and that's important. If they see him, all they have to do is call the Boulder, Colorado Major Crime Unit, which is newly formed. That's where the hope is. But I would actually like to see them bypass them and go right to contacting FBI agent Robert Clark through the FBI. They can call Quantico. Quantico knows where their people are. And ask him, even though he's retired, he is very vested in finding the killer of John Benet. He can use his skills, because he already eliminated four suspects in the first four theories. He is determined. So if he is told, I saw Bill Ramsey, here's his address, here's a picture of him, he can go there and he will do two things. What was your alibi for the time of her death, which was 1226 and I need your DNA. You will give it to me voluntarily, or I will get it one way or another. He has been known to watch a suspect, and the suspect left. 
behind a cup of coffee, and that gave him what he needed. This man is very tenacious. This man is determined that this child will have justice. This broadcast is about all of us acting as a family who wants justice for this little child. Think about what her last hour of life was like. She had stun gun burns on three different spots of her body. She was removed from her bed, a place where all children should feel safe. And after the stun gun burns, to immobilize her, remember, three stun gun burns, Bill Ramsey said it took three attacks against the dog to lay that dog down. And I believe that's where the, the three attacks came from against little John Bonet. But not only that, if she had the throat, her throat was corroded in such a way, the rope was tied not once around her neck, but it was wrapped around twice. That rope was pulled so tight as to the strength that would have been needed to take down a 300-pound man. That's in the report. Not only that, is in the two-and-a-half-page ransom note, it talks about her being decapitated. Well, guess what? When that rope was wrapped around her neck twice and pulled with the force that was needed to take down a 300-pound man, it nearly decapitated this little child, therefore making the statement in that ransom note very accurate. And she was sexually assaulted. And God only knows what else that child endured. So this is about justice for this child who was tortured severely by a psychopath who has no humanity in him whatsoever and no soul. To do this to this child, think about what Bill Ramsey did to his girlfriend. Think about Michael Helgoff being set up and it being staged so the case would end, so it would be closed. Think about Elizabeth Ramsey being forced off the road, killed, and nobody connected the dots that that's his way of getting rid of someone who is bringing too much attention to him. I know from my own experience. Now is the time for all the public to find, I would say, Robert Clark, FBI agent Robert Clark, and bypass Boulder, Colorado Authority only because I've given them the information so many times, it's like beating a dead horse. At some point, you have to realize it's wasted time and wasted effort. Robert Clark is determined. He's affiliated with the FBI. They can find one of their own and let him do honor to Detective Lou Smith and check a name that is already on that suspect list of Bill Ramsey Use facial recognition, find Bill Ramsey, get his DNA. God only knows what alibi he's going to have because I'll tell you what, I believe once the neighbor who saw someone entering that property and exiting out the back will be able to look at Bill Ramsey and say, that's the man I saw that terrible day, entering the property and exiting the property when the police were inside. There we have a witness. They're not going to do this. They haven't done it in the last 24 years, going on 25. Robert Clark will. We need to get a hold of Robert Clark. Well, I'm going to say that's a wrap because I think we've given them a lot to think about. But I'm just pleading for these moms, these dads, you know, out there, adopt this little girl, help us get this solved. 